Hold up, Hallie. Did you just say unsnucked? Mm-hmm. It's like snagged and stuck. You get snucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the opposite is unsnucked. Totally. Welcome to Deliberate Methods Unsnucked Podcast. I'm Hallie Buchanan. And I am Lynn Talley, and it's time to dive right in. That's right. So pour a cup of joe or a glass of wine. Depending on the time of day. And sit back while you transform through simply listening in to others experiencing massive real-life shifts, because it is time to get you unsnucked. Well, hello, hello, Hallie. <laughs> <laughs> you walked in here with a cup and a straw. I want to know what you're drinking today. <laughs> An old habit <laughs> and um, pleasure mm-hmm. that has recently come back into my life. Okay. Fountain drinks. Ooh. I know. I was not. I was thinking you were saying that the straw. And <laughs> the, 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 <laughs> no. The, no, fountain drinks. It's like. Yeah. Like I mean, the Coca-Cola, the Sprite that you're like. The, Diet, the, Diet Coke. Is the Diet Coke. It's the Diet Coke. <laughs> you know how like, people say like, the Facebook? Yeah. So I have um, a lovely Diet Coke fountain drink. Well, that is way more spectacular than my water. And way less healthy, but I really enjoy it. So that's why today I decided I was going to have it. There you go. When, in fact, I used to love when I was in college, um, not just like fountain drinks, but like large fountain drinks. So much, so much that my um, close friend and I, she loved Coke and I loved Diet Coke. She even got us like, you remember uh, BFF necklaces? Yes. Okay, but ours, mine said Diet Coke and hers said Coke. No she found them way. at this like vintage store one time. Do was, you still have that? I need to look. You have to look. I will. We have to post a picture if it, you have that. I will look and see if I can still find it. That is incredible. But for real, it was like my treat. And every time, like when I was sad, my first like heartbreak, my friends were like, we'll go get you a fountain drink. <laughs> now I know. Oh my gosh. Now I know. When you're calling me. It doesn't me. have like quite the same appeal as it did then because I worked myself. I would start. Eventually what happened is I would like still get the same large fountain drink and I just would drink like two sips of it. Mm-hmm. And I actually stopped drinking fountain drinks altogether for like well over five years. Yeah. And it's only recently that I've kind of like started having them more sporadically. I just love (laughs) that we learn even more about each other. I mean, we spend a lot of time together. We do. I had no idea that fountain drinks were even anything that you appreciated. And now I know. They hold a special place in my heart. It reminded me when you said that, though. Did you ever go through and click all of them? What was that called? Suicide. A suicide? I'm pretty sure. Is that what it's called? For real. When you would have, like, every cheer wine, Mountain Dew, Pepsi, every, all of it. That was my jam. I did that. What a Mm -hmm. weird name. That is a weird name. No, but I'll tell you a really funny. There's got to be another name. Um, fountain drink story when you talk about like you know someone for a really long time and then you find something new yeah so my dad (laughs) you know I know him for a really long time (laughs) and I was a freshman in college and um, I went to the college of Charleston at the bottom of the dorm they had like a food whatever Mm -hmm. and so I would go down there in the afternoon and get my fountain drink and one day my dad was visiting me, and he was like, I'm going to come too. So we both, they had fountain machines on either side of the place. Mm-hmm. 
And so I went to one, he went to the other, and I finished early. Okay. And I walked over there, and sure enough, he was getting Diet Coke with a splash of Dr. Pepper. And I was like, Dad, that's what I do! <laughs> and you didn't even know no. that? No. Oh, that's hilarious. I was like, we really are cut from the same cloth. I was about to say, y'all are definitely cut from the same cloth. And that is too funny. so funny. Yeah, so anyways, that's what I'm drinking. Yeah, well. And uh, in addition to water. And, and yeah, with water. Mm-hmm. Well, cheers. Cheers. I'm excited about um, today's episode. And one thing, you know, We've never really talked about these little banters that you and I have in the beginning, mm-hmm. and I'll, always when we do them, stories come up, and there's always little things that bubble up, whether they're tips or ideas or concepts, and I really appreciate that opportunity with you, because when we don't have this on as we're recording, this is typically what we do the very start of our day, regardless of what we're doing that day. I mean, European style, we like... We, we actually don't a lot an hour. We act like it's work time, but we inevitably take, take an hour. an hour. I mean, like, yeah. seriously. We take an hour, and it's like this back-and-forth banter. Um, and we always talk about these kinds of things. I never knew about the um, the drinks well, that you really Because there's always love. more. There's, I mean... Yeah. Always. Yeah. So... But today, um, we're going to talk about something, uh, the thread, one of the common threads in all the work we do is this buzzword. Starts with an M. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Ends with an S. <laughs> Mindfulness. Yeah. And one of my friends actually reached out to me um, just a bit ago, and she said, you all need to create a podcast. And I was like, that's quite hilarious because we actually are. And she's getting into mindfulness, but she said, I don't even know where to start. I feel like this is kind of like this big, uh, overwhelming concept. Like, how do I even do this? What is, what does it even mean? For a long time, I felt that way too. Yeah, me too. Not, I mean like what, what is it even? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is a cool opportunity for us to, dive into that a little bit today and talk about like, what is mindfulness? How does it connect with unsnucked? What is this even, what does it mean? Why, why are we doing it the way we're doing it? I think that's a really good point because if you are a person who happens to follow us on any of the other stuff that we do, you'll see that mindfulness is always at the core, Mm -hmm. but we don't always talk about it directly. And I, and that's kind of um, maybe a good place to start or is talking about mindfulness in real life and what is mindfulness? Yeah. I mean, We've said this already in the other episodes. We did create a course called Mindfulness 101 Yeah, for anyone to be able to go in and learn um, the basic idea and how to apply it in life. But I think the kind of a good way to start is maybe just say, what's the, defi- what's the typical definition of mindfulness? Yeah, you answer. Me? <laughs> I was throwing you that ball. <laughs> Now I'm happy to answer it. I mean, so one, the most like basic definition of mindfulness is about paying attention on purpose, um, without judgment mm-hmm. and without attachment. Oof. And those last two words I feel like are huge. Well, first of all, even trying to pay attention in the moment, right? Without distraction in the world we live in right now, which is full of distraction is already hard enough. And then to yes. add this idea of not judging it yeah. and not being attached to it. I know. It's one of those definitions where it's like you, I'm sure you've read the definition, not you, Len, but like, you know, people, people mm-hmm. you read the definition and you're still like, wait, what is it? Mm-hmm. And so I think it is good to break it down. I mean, I think the idea of being present is a 
a phrase that's coming around a lot and it seems so I think part of what makes it difficult to grasp is that it's it's so simple. It's so simple. Not and, easy, right. but super simple. Mm-hmm. So really, I mean, mindfulness, paying attention is similar to being present. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, keeping your eyes open, your ears open. Using your senses. Using your like, senses. Really, like, absorbing and being in tune and connected to what is mm-hmm. actually happening in that moment. Yeah. Which is hard to do because we're so in our minds. And our minds, you know, that's why they call it the monkey mind. Our mind tends to jump forward and jump back, you know, either through daydreaming or anticipation or regret and reflection. And so it's really about actually showing up fully um, with intention. That's the that's the paying attention on purpose part. Mm-hmm. And then the non-judgment, you know, want to talk a, bit, a little bit about that piece of it, what yeah. that means? Yeah. Uh, to me, I really was able to grasp it when I started to connect how I was judging my own self. Yeah. So turning that first inward and seeing where was I judging myself, how was I judging myself, and being able to identify that. And the moment that I was able to work through that idea of not judging myself, which is, it's difficult. It is. It really is. I mean, I, I'm critical. I come from a art form and ballet that was very, um, it's, it's so, it's so hypersensitive to being a perfectionist. It's very disciplined. It's very analytical. Yes. And there's a right way. Yeah. There is a right way. There's a right way. And so, so stepping back away from something like that and then stepping into this world where, um, it's just, it's still, it's, it's difficult for anyone. Sure. And it's it was difficult for me too. But the judgment was um, me me connecting with well, how do I judge myself and in what ways? And mm-hmm. that judgment usually comes through the mind first. It's like a thinking thing. Yeah. And so being able to identify those moments and then being able to take that same technique and then open that up to how do I how am I judging other people, which is sure. typically if I'm judging someone else, it's just because of my insecurity of myself. Yeah. So um, so then that it's almost like I massaged apart this idea of the the judgment. But became became a better relationship to judgment because I don't I don't feel like judgment is bad like yeah. it's it's something that is valuable um, it creates a, a way to filter for us not to be able to 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 be engaged with every single thing around sure. us right but it was in a different way yeah I think you know as you're describing it it's almost like even backing up a step to realize that it is a foreign concept to us most because our minds want to create a value system for everything. We like to categorize and file to make think sense of things. And so, I mean, really to be non-judgmental means removing this idea that there's a good and a bad. Exactly. A right and a wrong. So true. And if that just blew your mind, then you're not <laughs> you alone. You just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you're, you're right? absolutely like, right. Like, we have to start with, like, back with even mm-hmm. understanding that that's when we talk about being non-judgmental, we're removing this idea of right and wrong, good and bad, yeah. and simply accepting that something is. Yeah, the the spectrum, I, I always think of it as the spectrum, that we're all trying to live in this place of being good and um, and dis, 
dismissing bad and trying to get yeah. rid of bad. And in mindfulness and in this exploration of non-judgment, it's kind of like, well, actually, you bring the spectrum all out in front of you, yeah. holding the bad and the good in front of you, and you aren't attaching to either side. That's the non-attachment, right? Exactly. And when you hear people talk about mindfulness, sometimes you'll hear people say, like, um, be the observer, engage your observing mind or your observing self. And that's really the non-attachment. It's like taking one step back from the situation, removing the, the emotions around it, acknowledging them Mm -hmm. and looking at it as a whole and just saying, this is what is. Yeah. And try not to fix change, create a solution. Like right now, all you have to do is just be in the moment. There's, and there's no need to make it any different. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that seems like the weirdest practice ever. Why Why would anyone do that? That's a great question. Why would anyone want to do it? Like, what are the, like, why, what are the benefits of mindfulness? This is, a, I feel like, a question that I would have when I'm listening to this because it seems like that was, in some ways, it could seem like such an insignificant practice, the, mm-hmm. the ability to just, like, okay, so I see that that is, but now what? Yeah, well, I mean, a lot of our work is around stress. So we focus on how mindfulness really benefits those that are in the distress yeah. place. And we <clears throat> typically talk about awareness is key. Mm-hmm. So awareness is what you need. That's the being present part. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you're not aware of it, then you, you can't change it. You can't do anything about it. And so the biggest benefit that I currently see, and I see multiple all the time, but right now when I work with people, one of the biggest benefits of mindfulness is it creates the ability to even have awareness. Yeah. And then you get to get your power back. We talk about you feel powerless in situations. Well, a lot of times you feel powerless because you aren't aware of how, what's happening to you, how it's showing up for you, even the skills and the techniques, the, um, the tools to be able to kind of dissect it in, in a way to step, be able to step back as an observer. Yeah. So, to me, that's the most significant is it actually gives you that ability to be able to take back and you don't feel out of control. You don't feel some of the unsettling feelings, the anxiety. You know, I mean, this might be, um, a cliche example, but recently the hurricane that we just experienced, right? I mean, energetically in this area, it was already elevated. I mean, it felt like a frenzy. Is that the right word? It was a frenzy around here. It felt like a frenzy. It was was like a frenzy, y'all. Yes. But it was like that, you know, like, and it wasn't like people around doing that. It was just the the energy and the hype. And someone like myself who is prone to anxiety, those of y'all who don't know, but my my nickname growing up was Worrywart. That's like (laughs) the worst nickname ever, but whatever, I had it. And so I've been someone who's um, easily caught up, easily tangled in that anxiety, that worry, right? So... During something like this, I'm very sensitive to it. Yep. And being mindful creates my opportunity to notice what's happening yeah. and then be able to make a conscious choice. I think that's really the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when you are the observer and you step back without attachment, it's the difference between imagine like being on a roller coaster. Mm-hmm. And all the sensations you experience and the thoughts that go through your head and all of it emotions, physical sensations versus being the person on on the ground watching Watching the roller coaster. Absolutely. It creates that space. And when you're a little bit removed, then you have 
access to what I think is one of our greatest freedoms ever, and that is choice. It gives you the power, as you said, it takes your power back to give you the choice to choose how you want to show up in this world. How do you want to respond versus having an automatic reaction? When you're on the roller coaster, your automatic reaction is like, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're like, you're already like you're already I'm res- usually off the roller coaster because I hate roller coasters yeah. eating the cotton candy and just watching all those Me people too. but I'm not a yes. fan either and usually I wouldn't actually be screaming I would be like dead silent <laughs> holding onto the rails um but I think that's the point right mm-hmm. is that when you're actually experiencing it you often are reacting but when you allow yourself to be one step removed you you're make, responding you have the ability to make a choice and respond mm-hmm. and so where do you think people should start? Because that was the question that my how friend had. Like, how do you get into it? Where to start? And the thing that I want to tell anybody who is interested in mindfulness, if they've even just started or considering starting or whether they're already engaged in it, is don't feel rushed about it. Just take little nibbles of whether it's a book you're reading or a podcast you're listening to, an article in a magazine. Just like be a sponge that's just sort of slowly absorbing it. It doesn't need to be a quick, fast, how do I figure it out? It's more you figure it out in in life. So take it and apply it, take it and apply it. And hopefully a a lot of what we're doing helps encourage that because we're all about mindfulness in real life. And one of, and I think this could be for another conversation, um, another dialogue because people think meditation, which is such a an amazing tool and it and it really supports the mindfulness living outside of meditation it's just like the practice of it yep. but so many people struggle to meditate yeah. and we can talk more because i think there's a lot there but you don't have to start with meditation you can start with the techniques where you can become aware of yourself in your life and um, hopefully the stuff that we offer people will help to inspire that and get get you as an audience member really interested in knowing more absolutely so i think uh Are you ready for... Time to dive into today's call? Yeah. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Welcome to today's segment of helping someone get unsnucked. Today, we've got Kristen here from Charleston, South Carolina. She is a 32-year-old female who recently graduated from college and is here today to talk to us about her most snuck situation right now, which is her current relationship struggles. So welcome, Kristen. Hi. We are so excited to have you here, and we can't wait. So we're just going to dive right in. We've got Lynn Talley um, next to me, and we are going to to see what's up for you. So tell us a little bit about what is keeping you snuck. What is keeping you snagged, stuck? What is the situation that's got you engaged? I think it's just the emotions that I have invested in the relationship over the period of the past, like seven months Mm -hmm. or so, but it's been very unhealthy. But yet it's, the fact that I love this person that makes it hard to just really say like I'm over it I'm done and move on which I should do and everybody tells me I should do but it's so much easier said than done so true okay so just back up for a minute it's a situation it's a relationship that you've been emotionally engaged in for the past seven months and you love this person 
And yet you're able to recognize that it's unhealthy in some capacity. And so it's, um, is this a situation, is this a person that you're currently still in a relationship with, or is this someone that is just still keeping you snagged because of your thoughts and your feelings about it? It's not technically a relationship. Uh, she kind of keeps me there with the hopes of a relationship. Right, yeah. It's like the dangling the carrot on the stick. So yeah. it's, it's not... And I fall for it every time. <laughs> it's so hard not to. It's so hard not to, especially when your emotions are involved. So technically you're not in a relationship, but there's always the hope of it sort of returning to one. And so there's these emotions that you're experiencing that have gotten you stuck. So tell me a little bit about some of the emotions that you're feeling. A lot of anxiety and feeling a lot of uncertainty and mostly a lot of hurt from all the things that she's done. Yeah, so a lot of anxiety and uncertainty and then a lot of hurt yeah. from And then feeling unsure about what I really should do. Feeling unsure about what you really should do. Tell me a little bit more about that. There's a part of me that just wants to walk away from the entire situation altogether. But then she has these moments where she shows that maybe she's trying to change and work on things. Or she knows what to say to get that hook back into me. And then I see it for a little while, and then it just leaves me even more confused. Yeah. So you're unsure about the uncertainty that you're feeling comes from not really knowing what to do, because there's times where you feel like you want to walk away, and there's times that you feel like that there might be a chance because she's showing some different behaviors that make you feel like she's putting in some effort. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of the thoughts that go through your head around this situation? A lot of the thoughts have to do with just calling my, honestly calling myself stupid for even letting myself get in this situation so shortly after a trauma like I had. Mm. So a lot of the thoughts stem around like beating yourself up wishing that you yeah. would have made a different choice for and in this particular case for getting in a relationship so soon after a trauma. Yeah. So these feelings, these are heavy feelings. They, I can imagine that these feelings keep you engaged and feeling stuck. Do you know what it is that you're really wanting from this situation? Is it something, is there something that you're wanting from her or from yourself to be different? Sometimes I think it's both. Sometimes I think it's wanting something for her to really show that she means exactly what she's saying. But then what I want for myself is to really know that she's, that she's hurt me like four different times. And even if I wanted something, I don't think I could even trust her. Okay. So let me just walk away. Yeah. So for yourself, you're wanting to really be able to like, connect to that knowing that she has consistently hurt you and be able to to take that and to walk away. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So if you were able to just take it yourself and walk away, what feeling would that give you? 
I don't know. I think it would hurt at first because, I mean, it's walking away from the first person I loved after coming out. And just, it, I, I just know it would hurt to do that in general. Mm-hmm. But then I know eventually that would go away and I would feel so much better not having that constant worry of if she's going to do it again anymore. Yeah. So it's kind of a mixture of emotions. I mean, walking away naturally, like the first, the first love any times and, and you're describing your first relationship, not only after coming out, but after trauma, I mean, that's the um, impact that that kind of relationship has is huge. So to walk away initially would be hard and it would be, it would hurt and you'd have that experience. But then after that, you feel like it would offer you, um, greater certainty that this feeling wouldn't be coming up as much. Yeah. So in, in sort of a perfect world, if we were able to take this experience of walking away and, and expand it even further, we were past the hurt we were past sort of the initial hardships of a heartbreak. Um, and you got past the uncertainty and you had the, you had the knowing that this wasn't going to happen again. What feeling lives underneath that? I think then I'd be happier with life and especially with myself. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So happier with life and happier with yourself. So what's beautiful about this is that when we're really feeling snagged and we're really feeling stuck, it's like we are in the thick of it. We are in the eye of the storm and it is so hard to see. And what's amazing is we know our mind and our bodies are so interconnected. So what we're thinking about the situation and what we're seeing in the situation, it directly contributes to the way we feel about it. And then those feelings become our reality, they become our experience. And so when we, when we take the situation and we identify and we tease these things apart and we discover what it is that's really keeping you snuck, like what is really keeping you from holding back? A lot of time it's, it's losing that perspective and, and focusing on the other person. But you have now been able to bring that focus back to yourself, back to your desires by first starting with what it is that you didn't like, what you didn't want. And now to get clear on what it is that you're actually actually after, which is a sense of happiness, a sense of happiness in yourself and your life. And so you are one step further away from being engaged and, and stuck. And so now we want to help you continue that experience even further. So, Len, you want to help her with that? Yeah. Yeah. Kristen, I just want to say, you know, I've been listening in this this first little bit so far, and your ability to articulate, excuse me, how you're really feeling and think what you're thinking is is rather exceptional. So I just wanted to to say that to you as I've been able to listen to you. As Hallie just said, you know, you're one step closer to this unstuck, unstagged place. And I have a question for you first before we keep going. Um, and that okay. question is, you've really identified the true feeling, the true state that you desire and you want. And we're going to explore that even more. You've been able to articulate that beautifully. But my question is, are you ready and do you desire shifting to that new state? Yeah. Yeah. After a conversation I had with a friend last night about this situation, I am definitely ready for that. Hallelujah. (laughs) Well, here we go. The readiness and the willingness is the key 
to creating actual movement. And you know what? Sometimes we're not ready. Mm-mm. Um and so it's so important to ask yourself that question. Yeah, this is one of our moments of truth. It we got one more a little later, but you just All answered right. yes. So here we go. Okay, let's do it. We're gonna we're gonna shift the power back to you, Kristen. And in order to do that, I'm gonna invite you. Are you in a place that you can close your eyes? Yes. And if you feel comfortable doing that, close your eyes. And the word that you used for the feeling that is kind of the perfect feeling after when you pull back your perspective was happiness. So I want you to just hear that word happiness, hear it in your ears and then let it move into your body. And tell me where you feel happiness in your body. I usually feel it around my chest. So you can connect with happiness in your body, and that's usually around your chest. So I'm going to invite you to even place your hand on your chest and explain to me a bit more the, the sensations that are in your chest that happiness brings to your body right now. It just brings the sense of calm that, and calm and peace that I feel like I've been missing for so long. Yeah, but you can feel it now. Yes. Yeah. So even though it's something that you feel like you've been missing for a long time right now, when you have your hand on your chest and you connect to this part of your body, you feel that calm from happiness. Yes. So take just a breath or two and just feel that reconnection, that reconnection to this happiness in your body, in your being. So This is something that is in you, yeah? Like you are able to connect with this. It's part of you. And just let yourself be in it for a moment. And now I'm going to invite you to also maybe make it a bit bigger in your body. So maybe see if you can feel this happiness expand even more in your body. And maybe that's even bringing your body into a different position that really embraces this happiness in your body. You can move your arms, your legs, you can stand, you can sit, whatever is available to you to make it a bit bigger. And as you're making it bigger, tell us a bit more about what you're doing and how it feels sensation-wise in your body. I went to lay down and I feel it just, I don't know, I feel like it starts to spread like everywhere and it just it it feels good for once Mm. so you're laying down i don't feel like all the hurt i've been feeling because of her Mm -hmm. so you can feel in your body your whole body as you lay down it expanded in your whole body yeah and it feels good yeah Yeah. Allow yourself to stay there a bit longer, just experiencing again this sensation that is in you. It's there right now. You're connected to this happiness, this calm. It's now in your whole body, something that you haven't felt in maybe a while, in a long while even.
Now, at this moment, do you feel the way you want to feel? Is this a way that you feel good, that this is that desired feeling state that you discovered earlier? Yes. Yes. Let's hear that again. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. So as you hold this feeling in your body, you have this choice of holding it in your body. I want you to recall this person that you were struggling with, that you were snagged and stuck with, and just bring them into your thought while you maintain this connection to this feeling in your body. I feel like that's hard because once she's mentioned, it's just that instant feeling of frustration with her. So frustration shows And that's what I want to go away. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, so you've connected to happiness and you're in that state right now, but the frustration comes really quickly. Whenever she's mentioned. I can just hear her sometimes... I say her name or I see her name and it just instantly brings that feeling. Like that's just even what her name does to me at this point. Yeah. So I'm going to invite you to do something a little different right now. And that is to connect with the frustration for a moment. Okay. So you still have an understanding that happiness lives within you. It's in your chest, it's in your being and it's in your body, but frustration also lives there too. Where in your body does frustration live? My fist. Your fist. Okay. So what I'm going to invite you to do is place one hand on your chest. So you're connected to that happiness part of yourself. Tell me when you've done that. Okay, I've done that. Okay, so you feel that connection to happiness right now. Yes. Now make the other hand the fist. Okay. You've done that now. And just notice what happens as you hold the fist and you hold your hand on your chest for a moment. What happens? It doesn't feel as bad. It feels a little bit like it goes away. Yeah. So it doesn't feel so bad. And it almost feels like it goes away. So imagine... Imagine if this person is the fist, because that's all it is. It's a feeling that's in you. It's not actually the person. It's the feeling. So see if you can maintain that kind of ease that you're feeling around the frustration, even when you bring her back to your mind. What happens now? Well, I noticed that my starting to loosen up on my fist a little bit. What's creating that loosening? I don't know. I think it's just the feeling of knowing that I do deserve to be free and happy. Yeah. You do deserve to be free and happy. And your fist is loosening up for you to be able to own that, to feel that in your body, to be that 
that you deserve to be happy and free. So if you were to actually move into more of that state of being happy and free, how would you put your body? I, I have no idea. Yeah. So just hold your hand on your chest as you had it with that softened fist, because that's what you were doing. That was the connection of yourself owning that you can be happy and free and you deserve that. Okay, that makes sense. So here's the moment of truth, number two. As you connected so easily to happiness, when you brought in the element that was the stuck part, it was immediate frustration. Yes. You then allowed yourself to explore what frustration was in your body, even with this happiness, and you felt that softening. You felt yourself realize, didn't realize that, you, that you didn't, didn't realize, realize that. that. Yeah. And the words that came from that was that you deserve to be happy and free. Something I've, it's something I've said many times before, but never really believed until just now. Mm-hmm. It's something that you've heard many times before, but you're just believing now. And that's the next moment of truth, which is, can you allow your mind to really own this feeling in you? And that doesn't mean that it's going to happen immediately, but just the commitment to this feeling and your willingness to say yes will allow you to continue to explore this state of being. Because I'm going to guess, Kristen, that this is the state that you prefer to be in. This feels better in your body than any other state that, you've, state that you expressed before with the stuck feeling. That's definitely true. So just take a couple breaths and I'm going to invite Hallie to come back in and join us just to allow yourself to be able to take all of this information in and take it forward into life because this is an amazing experience for yourself, this wakening up to something that you've heard and you've even said to yourself, but now you're actually feeling it. And then to be actually bring this into life, that's where the magic really happens and transforms. So that, Kristen, that experience sounds like it was a totally new experience for you. It was. After everything I've been through, that was, it actually felt nice. After everything you've been through, it actually felt nice. What's amazing is that, you know, we started off by talking about the, the situation, the conditions, the conditions in this case were the relationship and being able to recognize how you were feeling and thinking in that situation that was keeping you stuck. And the most important part and why it's helpful to start there for yourself and for anyone listening 
is because you want to get to the root of what it is that you're actually after. And you were able to find that, Kristen, which for you was to feel happiness and to feel like not only could you feel happiness, but to connect with the knowing that you deserve happiness. And so you were able to connect to that feeling in your body in this moment right now, today, even while the conditions and the circumstances haven't really changed. And that's where you start to find your freedom and you were able to hold on to that, that experience. And, you know, as Lynn shared, the, the real moment of truth for us all and a great thing for you to come back to is, you know, can your mind own the feeling of happiness, mm-hmm. the feeling that you desire over your desire to attach to the conditions of the situation? That's so powerful. So I'm just going to say that again to like really digest it for yourself and for anyone listening. Can your mind own the feeling that you desire and have achieved in this moment over attaching to the conditions of the situation? Because if your answer is yes, then you will be able to stay unsnucked. You'll be able to maintain this power that you feel of connecting to the feeling that you're really after. And you were able to find that through this experience in your, in your own body and mind, which is so incredible. So any final pieces that you want to share before we um, send you out into the world to practice this, this piece over the course of the next week, which will tell you a little bit about but any final words that you want to share about your experience? I think it was a pretty amazing experience. I didn't know what to expect or <laughs> how much it would <laughs> it would work. Totally valid that's questions. Just me, like I get, I get because because I get skeptical about certain things, but it actually worked, and for the first time in months. It seemed I had, I felt that happiness and like that peace and that calm that I, that's been missing from my life for so many months. So the skeptic in you, even if it was for just a moment, right? But that's that is the the bit that's so phenomenal is it it doesn't take much. First of all, I mean at this point we've been on this call for thirty minutes you have tapped into something extremely valuable in yourself that you wanted to connect with, but was having, you're having such a hard time connect with it. And for, for our work, one of the biggest things is we're trying to make sure that getting back in the body a bit, connecting to your body. And it was already very clear that in the beginning you were so articulate in your feelings and your thoughts and so tuned into yourself. And now it's just adding this other little piece to it that I feel like will set you freer and free from the conditions that you're trying to change outside of yourself just by tapping back into your whole self. So true. So Kristen, before we send you out into the world to practice this, and we'll follow up with you um, next week, and, and writing and others who are interested in following up with Kristen's journey can find it on the blog, and we'll give you all that information shortly. But what is what is your commitment to yourself you, um, to continue to honor this feeling of happiness, what is the, the action, the step that you feel you can take um, when that feeling, when you disconnect from that feeling temporarily and you want to find it again, 
what feels like the most accessible to you? To go somewhere quiet for a moment, to just close my eyes and breathe and be able to just reconnect with that feeling, even if it's just for a minute to be able to do that. Yeah. Okay, cool. So to be able to take a time, a quick moment for yourself or a long moment for yourself and to reconnect and to that feeling because it lives in you and all you have to do as you experienced so gracefully today is to call call it up, to identify it and to connect with it. Um, and, and there you are moving your way from being snagged and stuck to being unsnucked so so you can officially say right now christian you're unsnucked <laughs> yes i am unsnucked all right so i appreciate you so much your your candidness your um truthfulness your vulnerability and for sharing with us and for all of those that will be able to benefit from taking these steps and applying them to themselves so we will look forward to reconnecting and hearing how this action step goes. Look forward to that too. Hallie, are you seeing the trend that's happening in all these episodes? Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I mean, it's like I notice people are able to pretty quickly connect with the feeling they desire once they name it. And they really, like, they can embody it. They feel it. They can embody it. They know it. It's, like, so familiar to them. And then... They try to reapproach the same situation that had them originally feeling stuck. Yeah. And they it's, they get stagnant. They get, <laughs> they get snagged again. Yeah, they do. You know? And I think that's, a, um, that's the real work. And, you know, if you're finding that you're struggling with that, too, I think there's some key practices to help you along the way because first is knowing that this is a is a whole new concept for a lot of us this ability to find the feeling that we seek long before the conditions have changed it might even seem preposterous um and why would we do that because Mm -hmm. won't the conditions not change right and you know that's something it's a great question that can come up and we will talk about that. But the truth is that remembering the only reason why you want the conditions to change to begin with is because you want to feel a particular way. Feelings come from within, not from without. And we've already discovered through these calls the power of the mind-body connection and through visualization. And so really what it takes is making a commitment to choosing the feeling that you desire again and again and again and again and again and it's not going to come overnight and so you know just give yourself permission to feel the way you want to feel that's huge that's why we have these moments of truth also give yourself um you know take time to connect to your body and find the physical posture that's going to support you the most and connect with your mind you know if it's too much to think about the same situation 
give yourself permission to try it on with less intense situations exactly. and, and connect to the feeling then. Well, that's what I typically, anybody that I work with one-on-one in this that is struggling with that transition back into the real life situation, it's like, okay, you, you might have to take a bit more time to yeah. really be able to bring that desire and that feeling forward. So find a feeling that you desire that isn't with as quite of an intense situation. Yep. And most people are able to experience that shift both shifts really quickly. Absolutely. Be patient. Be patient. But I do notice the trend and I, I actually love it because I love the humanness in us all, you know, and the willingness to keep trying something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, if you're curious about Kristen's experience and how that unfolded for her and her ability to remain unsnucked and stay connected to her own feeling, check out our website, www.deliberatemethod.com. If you are interested in getting unsnucked and feel powerful in a situation you previously felt powerless, email us with the subject line podcast participant at hello at deliberatemethod.com. You are listening to Deliberate Methods Unsnucked Podcast. Until next time, live deliberately.